0: If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come... Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. We have been so blessed to continue on this series uh, with the Total Ministry Makeover. This is episode 12, and the first 11 episodes, if you were not aware, covered, uh, minus a few interviews, of course, these covered the stepping stones of the Total Ministry Makeover. Now we're shifting gears, and we're making this more of a conversation-based setup. And so what I have available and what I'm reaching out to you for, I need your help. Um, I want to be able to have a QA and a opportunity anytime. I want to be able to have um, story sharing. If you have something, just a powerful story of ministry, whether it's heartbreaking or it's triumphant, I mean, anything like that, it is just amazing what we can do when we can just simply listen and hear each other's stories. And, you know, especially when we have questions on stuff, um, the whole point of this program is to help leaders to get on the right foundation for life in the ministry. And so when we look things at things from that perspective, your story, when we get to hear what you're doing and how things are going, we can see how that fits in the grand scheme of things and where you're at at the Total Ministry Makeover. That being said, reach out to me anytime because I'd love to have you on this show. We have one later on in the show, and I also have, I'm gonna start off in a moment with a question from a listener. That being said, welcome to episode 12 of the Total Ministry Makeover. Welcome to the Total Ministry Makeover, where we have one goal for church leaders everywhere, to lead leaders on the right foundation for life in the ministry, regardless of the size of your church or the size of your leadership. If you follow the steps of the Total Ministry Makeover, it'll dynamically change how you lead in the church, and by extension, how your church reaches your world for Jesus Christ. I'm Shane Thacker. I'm your host. Thanks for joining the show today. So we had a question that was asked on the show. They wanted it to be anonymous, which, of course, you can do that any time. Even if you are uh, being interviewed on the show, you can use a fake name and location. We openly state that. We don't want to tarnish um, the name of a, a local leader or, and especially not a local church. That's not the goal here. But I had this question that was sent to me um, regarding youth, and this is a really good question. I think this is important for us to study, for us to understand, and to disciple our students, disciple our church, um, local churches everywhere. I mean, we need to know how how to combat this issue. So that being said, here's the question. How can youth not conform to cancel culture? walk in grace instead and so first of all cancel culture i don't know if you realize this but this is in the merriam-webster dictionary okay so here's the definition for it how they defined it excuse me it's the practice or tendency of engaging in mass canceling as a way of expressing disapproval and exerting social pressure now that's a big deal. Like we've seen it happen in our culture, um, where if if a group does not like another group, and it can be for their religious beliefs, it can be for um, they they support a product or a person that they don't agree with, whatever it may be. Um, mass canceling has been a major problem, and and what this has done, um, unfortunately, has heavily affected. Uh, certain businesses, certain, um, certain churches, it, it just really infects our culture. And, and what I wanted to, to point out is cancel culture is far more than just canceling to express disapproval. It actually has infected um, our entire culture and not just the youth. It it created this one and done failure mentality. Uh, if, if I don't, if I don't fully agree with you, and this, this is especially among the teens, um, if I don't fully agree with you, then you just are going to cancel me. You're going to cancel that relationship. You're cut off from that relationship because you disagreed with them or you said something that offended them. Um, and I want to I point out that this is not just the youth, okay? I'm just reiterating that. I'm not shooting down the youth um, because this is the world that they grew up in. Um, there's no desire to fight for a healthy relationship, what's that going to translate to in their marriages one day when they get a job, when they have uh, what's supposed to be long-term friendships and um, with their family members, with their friends from work, wherever it may be, it's going to really drastically change how they interact with one another. And the pandemic galvanized that mentality even further. I mean, if you had a disagreement on how to handle the pandemic, it was like it was like people just stopped talking to each other altogether. It's it's been a mess. Well, that has infected our entire culture. That that mindset of the one and done mentality. And what trips us up is older generations. Um, and this is all older generations. Anyone older than the teens. When we see teens today. Well, we grew up in this society that if it didn't have a Christian influence directly, moral values were heavily impressed. And so having a long-term relationship, uh, especially the older generations, the older you get, that was, that was very common that marriage was for a lifetime. Um, you could sit down... You could sit your child down uh, and let them watch primetime TV and really not worry about what was on TV. I mean, there are there certain things that certainly you wouldn't want them to see, but for the most part, moral values were heavily impressed, and now that today it's totally different. And it's not the teen's fault that they grew up in this day and age. But technology has ex- exploded in terms of the way that we do things, it's changed everything And so we need to look at who the teens are we need to look at the world they grew up in and we need to understand that cancel culture um, has really infected everything that we've done so once you said or did something as a kid you could apologize and it was done well today it gets posted (laughs) for all the world to see and once you post something you can't really get it back one and done man that is a mess and so there's some background but back to the question again from our listener, how can youth not conform to cancel culture and walk in grace instead? So with the Total Ministry Makeover, we teach that there's eight stepping stones. And if you follow these steps, especially the first two, like like if you don't do the rest, do these first two, okay? But if you do this, it'll dynamically change how you lead in the church. It applies in every context that I can think of. If you disagree with me, message me on it. I want to hear it. I want to hear your thoughts on this. But I think this applies to every type of ministry, any type of leadership role, whether you're in a large church, mid-size, really small church, or just a small group of people. It applies everywhere. So here's the first two um, to the listener. Um, the first one, stepping stone one, is fall in love with the Lord. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 and following... Um, Jesus gives us the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the premise of this stepping stone, if you don't have this down, um, the reality is if you don't truly, fully love the Lord, you're not all in, you're going to have very little impact in ministry. If you're self-seeking, if, you're, if your love for God is has grown cold, I mean, you can just go on and on about, about this, but this is foundational, and it's obvious, right? We all know this, but when we're ineffective in ministry, most likely it's because we're not following stepping stone one. It's not too hard to see that it's foundational to everything we do as followers of Jesus and as leaders for Jesus. And if you love God with all of who you are, well, then you'll do all that he's called you to do. So in this context of youth ministry, God is calling you to reach the youth. You'll do whatever it takes, right? You'll do whatever it takes to reach the youth. You see the problem, what's the solution? Well, on to stepping stone two, that's fall in love with the church. In this case, let's, let's zoom in just a little bit. Fall in love with the youth group. Yes, you need to fall in love with the whole church and not just be closed off from the rest, but, but we need to have church services. We need to have teaching and training opportunities, times of praise and worship. Those are all fantastic. But what I've found in ministry, and this is in youth ministry, And everywhere else, um, it's really consistent. Um, If you're the the youth leader, okay, you are the shepherd of that part of the flock. You've been given authority by your church leaders to shepherd them. You have been uh, commended for that purpose. You have been prayed for that purpose. And so a shepherd, just think about this. A shepherd with his flock does not send them off for the week to fend for themselves until they come back. And so to break the one-and-done cancel culture mentality, it's like with our kids, it's more caught than taught. Yeah, we can teach them all day long that cancel culture is wrong, it's devastating to relationships, it will destroy your marriage if you have that mentality. Well, Well, we have that opportunity for these students that you're with. No, you can't be with them every single day. That's unreasonable. But we need to be in their world at some level outside of the walls of the church something simple like sitting at a ball game with them and talking with their family taking them out for a coffee i mean that would mean more to them than you'd ever know and so for your youth ministry what what i see modeled many ways that that has been very successful is when you have youth leaders that are working alongside you the more you can encourage them to uh, not only be present and in their world at church, but, but to be getting into their world outside of church and, and getting to know who they are and getting to know what they do, getting to know more about their likes, their dislikes, uh, that's when you fall in love with the church. That's when you fall in love with, in this case, with your youth group. Well, when all your leaders are really heavily loving this part of the church, just really shepherding them man, that's going to give an opportunity to allow more of that godly influence into their lives. It's unrealistic to think that you can reach everyone yourself. But as you follow these steps of falling in love with the Lord and with his church, you're going to find more and more of that cancel culture diminishing, that mentality diminishing because they're going to see like when problems come up, for example, and you have to address them with the students. It's done out of love. It's done for the purpose of bringing them along. They're going to see over time of the value that God places on our lives and the value of them as a person, the value of a healthy relationship, and that when they screw up, it's not one and done. It's not over for them. They don't have to leave. They're worth fighting for. They're loved by Jesus, and they're loved by the church. That's what breaks the cancel culture mentality. It has been driven hard and heavy into our culture, and our kids grew up in that culture. So think of this as a marathon, not a 100-yard dash. This is an opportunity for you over years and years' time to really show them just how much not only you love them, but more importantly, how much God loves them? That is a great question. I really appreciate you sending it in. Um, Thank you for for getting that to me. And uh, definitely, if anyone has any questions on that or comments, maybe you've had an experience with that and you'd like to share, I'll be glad to read that on the next episode or interview you as well. We'll be right back after a short break with Adam. And he has a question as a bivocational uh, Part time minister. So, very excited to have him on the show here shortly. We'll be right back. This is more than a podcast, it is also a book that's available on Amazon.com or through me directly. I have several five star reviews that we've gotten out, and we'd love to add to that. So, if you have Uh, Read the book if you've gotten it and you could write a review for us on Amazon that will simply help us so much um, In in getting the word out because whenever someone searches the total ministry makeover There's like five books on Amazon that come up before it even though that's directly the title Um, And part of it is just the number of reviews that these books have had and so part of it's because they pay Money to get that as the number one slot too, but that's not the point point. Here's some five-star reviews, and I just really think this is a... I I was really appreciative of these. One, One reader said, After going through COVID, many churches have found themselves with less people, less staff, and many questions. And I think that sounds familiar with all of us. Absolutely. Shane does a great job in this book getting you and your church back on the right foundation of falling in love with God, His people, and His mission. If you find yourself looking for a book to grow yourself and your leadership team with, this is an incredible resource for you. Thank you so much for that uh, review. Really appreciate that. Another reader said, This is very practical and applicable. It's a short read, but lots of meat to chew on for each of the steps. A third reader said, This is a clear, example-rich book that offers the reader ideas to create a solid ministry. I recommend taking your time working through the steps within the book, allowing for thoughtful and prayerful consideration in all aspects within each step. Thank you all for those great reviews. It it means such a great deal hearing from our readers. And if you're listening on this podcast and you have not purchased the book yet, I would encourage you to do so. It is on amazon.com. The link is in the description of this episode. Or you can reach out to me directly if you would like to purchase a signed copy or if you'd like to purchase a t-shirt. I have those for $15 each, whether it's a book or a shirt. Shipping is extra. Um, And it's also $25 for the combo. So perfect deal there. 25 bucks for a book and a shirt. What a deal. What a deal. It is amazing to watch this ministry come together, watching our, our leaders all around coming together for the same purpose, to fall in love with the Lord all as one, all as the church. Welcome back to the show. We are back with another youth pastor, Adam, and uh, we just finished our our last question from another youth pastor uh, on cancel culture. But Adam, thank you so much for joining today. Hey, yes, uh, thank you for having me on here today. Yeah, so tell us about yourself, um, maybe how you came into ministry, what you're doing today, where you're at, all that all that good stuff
1: <laughs> yes uh, so um uh, ministry uh it wasn't actually what i was thinking about doing but uh um i was in nursing school and saw an ad for a church nearby and i always had a calling to do youth ministry and they were looking for a part-time youth assistant and uh following in my foot dad's footsteps he's always been a youth minister so I kind of put in for that and then God led me to that and called me to that. So that's at a church in Fairhope, Alabama called a uh, Fairhope Christian Church. And so that's how I kind of got into the ministry.
0: That's so. awesome. How, how long have you been in ministry there? I'm um, at that church uh, right at about three years now. That's awesome, man. That is so cool. Um, we were just talking a few episodes ago of the average being 18 months um, in ministry. And that's been that way for quite a while. Uh, so fantastic, you're sticking with it and doing well there. Um, so you said you had a question for me because you are a um, uh, part time and you're you're working working a few jobs, right? Yes, sir.
1: Uh, I uh, work part time at the church and then part time at the Alabama School of Math and Science in Mobile, Alabama. And so my question for you is, how do you all stay healthy? as a part-time bivocational leader, and keep from getting burned out?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I have been there, and that was my first ministry. Uh, Honestly, back on episode one, I shared that story, the pilot episode, Uh, and burnout in ministry will leave you saying, never again, and that's why we do this show, because we want to say never again to never again right (laughs) so um so that's great um let me ask you how many hours a week between the two jobs are you doing
1: uh i do 30 at the church and then probably about anywhere from 15 to 20 at the school
0: okay so thankfully uh and and do you have do you guys have kids uh,
1: not right now, but okay. we just did get married, so we're planning on it.
0: There you go. That's perfect. On down the road, so um, what you will find, first of all, is uh, is as kids come along, your time will be killed. <laughs> and and we're just getting right to it. Where uh, actually, we're at the age. My kids are nine, six, and four, and they're all three in soccer right now. And so what that has done for us, um, and of course I'm full-time, it's a different situation, but I am a part-time uh, runner for my kids because all three of them are in soccer. Uh, we've got a couple nights a week, got a couple, uh, several practices, and this is just the beginning of the next 10 years of my life. <laughs> I'm going to be the running man, that's that's for sure. My wife and I will be. So, so but in part-time ministry, you have... Um, 30 hours, you say another 15 to 20. So we're talking about 50 hours a week. Um, that is actually, uh, a, a good, you know, 50 hours is more than the norm, right? We do a 40 hour work week with most jobs, but, um, but it's, it's manageable because what you need to do is make sure that you're staying right in track with God. And, and what I think one of the biggest things that we do, um, That we don't even realize we're pouring out constantly like like you're pouring out your time you're pouring out your um your resources maybe it's even your personal you know you're you're losing out on uh because you're working for the church you're you're losing out on opportunities to work elsewhere and and make more money or whatever it may be um you are constantly pouring out your teaching you are instructing the students you are uh always on call uh even though you're part-time so does that sound accurate to your situation where you're constantly giving? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, so my, my answer to that, and this would be for part-time, this would be full-time, it, or even a, a volunteer, it does not matter. You can only pour out so much. And you have to, we're like sponges. I mean, when you wring out a sponge, uh, it's going to dry out. It's going to be done, right? And so you've got to get filled up again. And you have to do that on a regular basis. You have to get with a wise leader. And that's the whole, the whole premise of this program is, first of all, getting with, getting with the Lord first. And so going back to the stepping stones of the Total Ministry Makeover, stepping stone one is fall in love with the Lord. Um, stepping stone twos fall, fall in love with the church and we're real good about that part but what happens is over time we we start just focusing on the church the the, the tasks that we have to do the meetings we have to go to the events we want to run um, programs we want to develop all that stuff is great and good and healthy until <laughs> it's healthy until you lose that stepping stone one you, you lose your relationship with the Lord and so my encouragement to you um <coughs> excuse me my encouragement to you is to get with a Paul in your life. And I don't know if you have a mentor that um that you can talk with or that you've been talking with. Is that is that the case in your church?
1: Yes sir, we uh we have a, I have a mentor um both with our region and outside of our region that I I talk to.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, and it's good to have outside perspective too because uh, sometimes if, if the person within your church, um, there, there's some things you can't talk about. I mean, you, you just, you can't fully disclose that. And so having an anonymous, um, wise leader, someone that doesn't know the situation and background, they can give you a different perspective. Um, I actually have, uh, uh, several within and a few without that, that are outside the church. And, uh, it's just awesome because when, when you have someone pouring into you, you have someone that is devoting that time to you and helping to shepherd and lead you, you are going to be so much sharper in being able to lead others. And that Paul in your life, hopefully, will start seeing if you're getting burned out. and they're going to be addressing that with you and saying, "Hey, what's going on? Why are you why are you losing your your touch with the Lord? I mean, what's what's happening? They're going to call you out on it, right? And that accountability yes, is so important um, for that. So I, I think that's, that's the, uh, does that sound about like uh, situations maybe you've been in the past where when you're, when you're struggling with burnout, it's because of, it's, it's likely because of your relationship with the Lord. Does that sound right?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. You get so busy that, uh, you just kind of get so tired of it and get tired of the Lord. And then, you know, you just, why you just start questioning why, and then you just, you just fall away from the Lord. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I even, uh, when I was burned out for ministry the first time, I was even blaming God for um, my lack of relationship with Him <laughs> and my my troubles that I was dealing with. You know, Lord, I love you, and I'm dealing with with so much in the church. I'm doing so much for you, and it, it was it was a Pharisaic um, mentality. I mean, I, I was doing the checklist kind of thing, but that's not what God wants from us, and uh, and we don't have to. Uh, we don't have to continue pouring out and expect ourselves to, to just do well in the ministry. Um, you've got to have someone pouring into you and, uh, and staying right with the Lord, those spiritual disciplines that we teach our kids, that we teach our, our church members to do. We've got to do those ourselves. So, yeah, that is fantastic. Um, do you have any other questions right now? You, you think you're good on that for now?
1: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, that was the only question, and uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful for having that answer. It uh, helped me out a lot on that.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for joining. This is Adam Swedenberg from Alabama, and what was the church? Fair,
1: Fair Hope Christian.
0: Awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Thanks for joining today, brother.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you again for having me on here.
0: All right. Be blessed. Bye-bye.
1: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Bye.
0: I'm so thankful for leaders like Adam sharing their experiences and, and asking questions. Uh, it's great. Cause we had two youth pastors today. Maybe I need to have each episode as a, a different role pastorally, you know, maybe worship pastors night one day and, uh, a lead pastor, a children's pastor. That, that'd be great. So, uh, let's move on because when it comes to burnout in ministry, um, I think, I think we should all be aware of this. Um, uh, Today's statistic of the day for in the ministry from pastoralcareinc.com is that 80% believe uh, that were surveyed believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. It goes on to say many many pastors children do not attend church now because of what the church has done to their parents. What did they do to their parents? Complete Total above and beyond expectations than what was written in the job description. Does that sound familiar? Maybe it was that these uh, that the church family continued to expect more, continued to be disappointed in the results, continued to press more and more and more, rather than letting them lead their families. Church leaders, if you do not get on track with the total ministry makeover, if you do not get on track with having a healthy balance with your families, this is what's gonna to happen to you. You're gonna be part of the 80%. And you should not expect of yourself to just continue pouring out because you are just one person. You are not that important. <laughs> you can't do it all yourself. We're not called to do it all ourselves. We're not called to work on our own in ministry. God made us in his image and he was never alone. And yes, I'm going to say that on like every single episode because you need a Paul in your life. You need someone who can lead you as you lead others. We're first led by the Lord. And having a Paul in your life will help continue leading you to the Lord anytime you get off track. Man, I am so thankful for that question, Adam, because We all need to hear this. We all need to hear that we need to be on track with the Lord first before we can lead others. Don't get burned out in ministry. Let's say never again to never again. So here's your groundwork for the week. I know that there are many um, that do not have a Paul in their life. I actually took a survey on a, uh, a ministry group <clears throat> Excuse me, still have that cough from COVID. It was over a month ago, good grief. But we have this uh, survey that we took, and it, all it said was you know, people have a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. Um, and it said, for those of you that don't have a Paul, okay, so that, uh, specifically asking them if they don't have a mentor in their life, why do they not have a mentor in their life? and 90% of them 90% answered that they were that there wasn't one available or at least one that they trust 90% said that that is astronomical and and so there's there's one of two things that are happening if that's you please hear me on this there's one of two things that's happening you either have too much pride to open up to someone. So so it's that you need to address that yourself. You need to fall in love with the Lord and to realize that you are just one person. You cannot do this on your own, right? And so you need someone pouring into you. You need to lay down your pride. Or number two, um, you're well, there's actually three. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit. Number one, it, it could be pride. Number two number two, it's that that you don't truly know your church well enough. You don't truly know your church well enough to to know who that person should be, that Paul in your life. You, you don't know them well enough. You need to get to know your church better and open up and lay down those guardrails to start trusting people in a healthy way, of course, um, even more. And so fall in love with the Lord, fall in love with the church. You'll lay down your pride. You will know the church so well that you would know who to go to in your church. And maybe it's an outsider and that's okay too, as long as you trust them and that they're giving you good information, they're giving you the right, uh, the right information that leads you to Christ. They're continually pointing you to Christ. They're not there so they can get the juicy gossip of all the leadership uh, stuff that you hear. That's not what they're there for. They're there to point you to Jesus in every way. And they're there to knock you in the head whenever you're off track. <laughs> well, the third thing the third thing is very simple. Um, you you may not have a Paul in your church. Like there's no one that is that is capable of leading you. And and if you've laid down your pride and you still see that you know your church very well and you still see that that there that there's not one that's really there that can pour into you. That's when you most certainly need an outsider. Um, and, uh, and to, to be able to see your situation as it is. They're not biased in any way. They're not going to see things positively on your behalf. Like when you're in the wrong, they're going to call you out on it. Um, it is better to have someone that's in your world, right in your space. They know the church really well, but that is a second alternative. And I can be that person. I've talked with many leaders, including one of them um, that was on the show here. I've been talking with them for a long time. Um, about their ministry situation. And so believe me, uh, it's it's tough when you don't have that person in your life. So I I just want to reiterate this, get a Paul in your life, whatever it takes. And if you need to reach out to me, we can set up a monthly meeting and talk about your situation. We'll go through anything we can to help you along the way. I'm gonna point you, of course, to the total ministry makeover and the steps you need to take, where you're at, where you need to go next. But most certainly, get with me, shoot me a message, we'll make it happen. That's your groundwork for the week. Get a Paul in your life. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. So that being said, next time around, we're going to have some more guests and we're going to have more conversation for life in the ministry. Remember, God made us in his image and God was never, ever, ever alone. Let's say never again to never again. We'll see you next time. God bless.